I have to confess that I'm somewhat of a reluctant preacher. I, I don't mean tonight specifically, I just mean in general. When I was trying to work out what it was that God was calling me to, I went to go and see one of our circuit ministers in Brighton where I lived at the time, a presbyter. And I knew her fairly well. And I explained that I had this strong sense that God was calling me and that I thought that that call was to be a deacon. Well, Cynthia had a very clear reply. Oh no, you are definitely being called to be a presbyter. Just do the local preacher training and you'll see. Well, not to ruin the ending of the story, but Cynthia was wrong. Somewhat reluctantly, I have to admit, I did follow Cynthia's advice and I did the local preacher training. And during it, I discovered that God was calling me to preach. He definitely was not calling me to be a presbyter. No offence. That just isn't who I am. But to preach, to share the word of God, the good news, yes, that was a calling that God did have for me. It's a calling that I would say I have been and I continue to grow into. There are several others here this evening who have similarly experienced a call from God to preach. Their stories will be different to mine, of course, but nonetheless, they will have stories to tell of from when they were initially called into this ministry of preaching. I don't know if any of you local preachers were reluctant preachers like me, or perhaps you were the opposite, and enthusiastic and filled with joy at this call God had put on your lives. And of course, God doesn't only call preachers. We all have a call from God. Ephesians 4 says he appointed some to be apostles, others to be prophets, others evangelists, others to be pastors and teachers. And of course, we have a myriad of callings that God places on our lives. Just this morning, we recommissioned those who work with our children and our young people. Next month, we'll do the same for our pastoral leaders. God calls all of us and gives gifts to each one of us. What is it that God has called or is calling you to? What are the skills and the talents, the gifts that you have been given? Later on in our service this evening, our accredited local preachers are going to come up and reaffirm the commitments that they make in that role. And we will all be invited to commit to following the way of Christ and in all things to promote the glory of God. The words that Tony will say at that point are a reminder that we are to put God's glory before our own. Our calling is not for our own sake or for admiration or power or authority. The callings that God gives to us are so that we might point others to God, to give God glory always, always. In that epistle reading that Tony read for us, Paul is making the same point to the people in Corinth. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. In our callings, we are to have humility, having a call to preach or to ordained ministry for that matter, or to have any calling at all does not make us better than anyone else. I wonder if you had a sly smile at verse 26. 
Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. That may or may not be true of our esteemed local preachers here tonight. I wouldn't like to be the judge. But the point that Paul is making is the same today as it was then. The wisdom of the world is not God's wisdom. And the wisdom of God looks like foolishness to the world. When we proclaim Christ crucified, it is sheer folly. Or at least it is by the standards of the world. Who would follow a God who is killed on a cross? It's utter nonsense. Anyone with any sense can work out that God would rise above the things of this world, above the messiness and the pain and the grief. God would come on clouds with a show of force, a mighty warrior king winning battles with a crown of gold. Not as a baby, born in a stable to everyday people. Not as a man who eats with outcasts and heals lepers, talks with women that he shouldn't with a crown of thorns. The message of the cross is foolishness, by this world's wisdom, anyway. In the book, The Weakness of God, John Caputo writes this. The world punishes the trespass, but the kingdom forgives. The world wants children to behave like the adults, not always a good idea, but the kingdom wants adults to be like children. The world bars strangers or makes them present their papers, but the kingdom offers them hospitality and invites them to the wedding feast. The kingdom is as mad as any hatter's party, but it is divinely mad. I wonder how much of God's activity in the world we miss because God is acting where and how we don't expect, perhaps even where and how we don't want. But I believe that as we journey with God, as we walk the path of discipleship, we come to know God more and more. And as we do that, and as we receive the gift of the Spirit, then our eyes are opened, and we do begin to see where God is at work in the world. Those 72 who were appointed by Jesus in that Gospel reading that Rose read for us from Luke, they certainly saw God at work, didn't they? Having been sent out in pairs, they returned with joy, having seen amazing things happen in Jesus' name. I wonder if these 72 were perhaps forgetting to have that attitude of humility, because Jesus reminds them, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, the good news is not that you can do these things. The good news is that you have been saved by Christ, that your names are written in heaven. So perhaps a small correction was given to these faithful disciples. But along with it, Jesus gives an affirmation. I have given you authority. Today, in the midst of this difficult time nationally and internationally after the death of the Queen, we would do well to learn something from Her Majesty's way of living her discipleship. 
Over the last few days, with all the news and the media coverage that there has been, there have been some words and phrases that have been repeated again and again. The Queen served her people. Duty, diligence, and that she was a woman of great faith. May the same be said for us, I pray. The Queen had authority, but in some ways very little power. We may feel that we don't have power to change the things that we would want to change in the world. But when Jesus calls us and then sends us out in his name, we are sent with authority, the authority that comes with the name and the power of Jesus. It's not in our own authority that we preach or heal or teach or exercise any gift that we have been given, but only always with the authority of God. As God calls and sends, God equips. Sometimes we need to have trust that God will indeed give us the things that we need to fulfil his calling. But when we step out in faith, we receive the greatest gift of all, the joy of God's kingdom coming close, of knowing our names are written in heaven. The message of the cross is foolishness by the world's wisdom. But to us who are being saved, to us who know that the cross is not the end of the story, but only the beginning, to us it is the power of God. Amen. And so we sing again. Have you heard God's voice? Has your heart been stirred? Are you 